Hey, Genesis Church and those watching on uh, or listening to the podcast, you know, we have another good interview today uh, with one of the NAM missionaries. And for those who are new to uh, NAM and understanding what that is, um, it stands for North American Mission Board. And we refer to uh, the missionaries who uh, receive support from NAM and the Annie Armstrong as NAM missionaries, at least that's how we refer to them. And we actually have a couple here who are out in California and they have uh, blessed us to be able to sit down and just talk with us through Zoom and uh, just kind of pick their brain out a, a, a little bit about what they do and get some more details. Now, most of you who've been watching or coming to church or watching online on Sunday morning have already uh, seen their NAM video. And so we're just going to uh, uh, springboard off of that. But before we do, uh, I have, I have Jacob and Francine, right? Yes, okay, sir. That's right. So let me make sure I've got your last name, right? Is it pronounced Zalian? Oh man, that's good. Did I get it right the first time? Yeah, okay, first good. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Happened. Yeah. Zalian. All right. Um, it's like alien with a Z. That's Z. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Is that we're not in this world. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, all right. So, uh, Jacobs, let's start with you for a minute. If you, just you know, I know a little bit about your testimony based on the the video and some stuff I've read. But if you could just kind of walk us through uh, how you became a follower of Jesus and and you know the people that influenced you there and and just sort of condense it down for us a little bit and just walk us through your journey about how where you were and how god got you to where you are spiritually and and then we'll talk about the church uh here in, in the ministry here in a few okay. moments so um you know uh growing up in a small town it was just um for for me i had a traumatic thing that happened with me when i was uh, young and I found my dad dead when I was 16. And because of that, I ran to the world. And, um, you know, I, I, had, so I had a couple kids, three kids, and I was in and out of jail. And finally, one time, um, uh, my baby's mom, which is now my wife, came and saw me. And she told me, she goes, you're doing to our kids what your dad did to you. And because um, it was, you know, trouble in the home. And um, I remember going back into the to the county jail and from the visit and I got on my knees and surrendered my life to Christ and um, God just started to work on me in there um, I started having a hunger for his word and I started having this um, this like joy in my heart when I would worship I was the only white dude um, that I speak a little bit of Spanish but I was in the Mexican church because it was the only church that sang worship songs in Spanish and I'm right there worshiping Jesus and um, God just started to you know, it was this new hunger and this new joy and it was this new life that I found, you know, being a Christian in jail is where I surrendered my life to Christ. And and um, it was just beautiful full to see what God started to do in my life and how. Um, it was like a fire was ignited. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that. So he went in one person and he came out a totally different individual. And so, um, I mean, that in and of itself was a journey for me yeah. because I, you know, I saw him before and then it was like, okay, well now you've changed after how many years? I want to say it, it was about eight years 
Yeah. Where you were just not just doing well. Crazy, and yeah. that was when our kids were being born. They were little. Um, so it was tough. It was really, really tough. But And then from there, it was just uh, nonstop, uh, you know, waking up early and just in the word, diving in the word, finding some good old uh, preachers, you know, Adrian Rogers, Spurgeon, Moody, reading all that old school stuff and just, um, you know, just growing and growing. And uh, yeah, and then it was just, yeah, and it was just, you know, been pedal to the metal ever since. To, to minister to both of us and it, mm -hmm. it, you know and then here we are years yeah. later amazing so if i if i'm hearing you right the uh so this was eight years ago when you got saved is that right um no I'm, uh this september will be about uh this september coming up whenever it comes up um will be about um nine and a half years okay nine and a half years ago okay <laughs> Because yeah. I was in jail for about a couple about yeah, I was in jail for about a couple months before I surrendered my life to Christ. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, okay, so a few years back, oh, a few years, I guess about a year and a half ago, um, I was I was also working at uh, a prison. I was a chaplain. And uh and I saw guys come and go out of there and you know, obviously some, you know, were using it, you know, to make them look better, but there were some who were legit. I mean, it was their life changed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dramatic. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was always encouraging to see that, you know, with those guys in the prison and, you know, some of those guys in the prison I was in, some of them, you know, uh, they would have to come to my office and before they left and I would always ask them, I say, Hey, you know, uh, how long you been in, you know, and, and, uh, the longest guy I had come through my office, he said, well, I've been in, he said, I've been inside for 34 years and I, and I, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he had done some bad stuff. And so anyway, I said, um, uh, I said, well, you know, a couple of things have changed, you know, out there since you've been in here. And he said, yeah, I imagine that there'll be one or two things changed. And, and I said, yeah. And I would always ask him, I would always ask these guys, I said, you got anybody waiting on you outside? Cause some did, some didn't, you know? And the long timers usually didn't have anybody waiting for them because most people had given up on them, you know, and That's it. yeah. And so, uh, but the short timers, you know, in, in the prison I was in short timers meant six years or less. And so, mm -hmm. uh, they, uh, you know, they usually had some, usually had somebody waiting on them outside. And, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but I'll tell you what, man, you know, when these guys, when they get saved, you know, it was, it was fun to watch. So I'm glad God got a hold of you, even if it was in prison, you know, sometimes yeah. you gotta, you gotta be in the pig pen and for, you know, to come to your senses like the prodigal son, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Okay. So, uh, Francine, what about you? Where are you at? I mean, tell us a little bit about your salvation, how you get saved, okay. what's going on. So, so I was really blessed that as a child, um, the Lord just placed me in places because my we moved a lot growing up and so I was just so um blessed to have him place me um where I had friends who were Christians whose parents went to church and I'd always go to church with my friends so I gave my heart to the Lord at a young age um although you know during this time you know I was in a place where I was lost completely lost I had no idea how I got to where I, I was at I, I remember you know, 
Lord, what did I do? How did I choose this father for my children? I remember crying out to him, you know, along the way, you know, um, he was always there. You know, he always, he was always there. Even the times that I thought he wasn't, you know, when I thought I was furthest away from him, but, but, but anyhow, so it's just been a crazy transformation, you know, just all of it from the beginning to end with me, with the stuff that I've been through. Um, I know that God has, um, has taken the stuff that I've been through, the things that I've seen. Um, my father was an addict. And so with that, there were a lot of things, emotions, feelings, uh, shame, a lot of stuff that I dealt with oh, as yeah. a child and things that, um, you know, and I was one of those overachievers. I took the negative and I went and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to prove everyone wrong. The only issue with that is it was my heart. You know, I, I was chasing after, you know, the acknowledgement and, and approval of man, you know, for so long. And I think that what happens a lot of times is we get kind of, uh, we just get off a little, you know, we get off kilter. And so that's kind of what happened. And I, my husband and I met, um, my parents had a restaurant and a, and a bar. We met there, um, you know, uh, drinking and stuff like that was a part of our lives. Um, uh, you know, and then here, here we are, you know, he, he changed his life came back at that point we were already not even really we weren't no. we weren't dating anymore but I knew that I wanted my kids to have their father in their lives I just knew that I didn't want them to have to see him the way he was and so um that was one of the things that I did too when you were in jail I remember getting a lot of backlash everyone don't take your kids to go see him there it's a bad thing well I had to see my kids eyes every time that they looked up at the door expected dad to walk through and he wasn't well he couldn't for goodness sakes and so I remember finally saying look I know my children so I'm going to take them and so I took them to go see him and I explained to them there's consequences for the things that we do in this life and so I took them over uh mm -hmm. and uh he was able to see them they were able to see him and then they understood okay dad's got you know dad's taking care of some business he needs to take care of you know and so it's just it's been a journey you know it has, um, it has the whole entire thing but you know what um it's a beautiful thing that when you walk in in obedience to what he's called you to do you know um my husband and i have a heart for this ministry because i lost my father in his addiction well, so, so did, did my husband so you know that's why we have such big hearts for ministering to people who are in their addiction uh -huh. and lost yeah well you know one of the common grounds that you and i have i mean when i say you both of y'all is that <clears throat> my see now my dad was sort of like your parents somewhat i mean he had an addiction and he was in and out of jail most mm -hmm. of his adult life i mean just i mean he was just he was out there and yeah. but uh you know and, and and you know one of the things that god you know people ask me is well joe how did you come out of that like you are now so well first of all it's by god's grace let me just oh yeah give him Amen. the credit you know there was <laughs> yeah because and i remember uh, I was dating this girl one time and, uh, and I was, I was with her dad and, uh, we were, me and him were going somewhere doing something. I don't remember what it was. And, and he knew my dad because we lived in a town of about 20,000 people. And, mm -hmm. and so my dad, you know, the cops knew him kind of a thing, you know, and the people in the town mm -hmm. knew him, you know, so my dad had, had somewhat of a reputation. And so, uh, he said, uh, he said, you're, uh, you're Jackie Stott's, uh, son, aren't you? And I went, and I, I thought, oh, man. I said, and, I'm, and I, I went, yeah, yeah, I'm him. And, and, and I'm just, we're in his truck and I'm looking out the window and he says to me, he says, um, 
Um, he says, you know, he says, you're going to, you're going to end up just like him. And I'm thinking, oh. and I'm already saved at this point, you know, and I'm, yeah. you know, and I'm a teenager and that kind of stuff. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not living right, but I am <laughs> saved. Yeah. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the right path. Let me go that way. But I remember sitting in that truck, looking out that window and I, and, and I just, and I prayed, I said, God, I said, you know, I know this guy thinks that, and I know the statistics say that I will. And I, but I said, God, if you can do anything, I don't want to end up like my dad. Amen. And uh, that was a turning point. I mean, from, even though he was, I don't know what he was doing, you know, and yeah. he didn't like me dating his daughter. He didn't like anybody dating his daughter, first of all. <laughs> he didn't, he, and so anyway, I, I, I tell you what, man, I, and God has been good to me. I mean, he has protected me a lot. So for me, I mean, when you're, you know, for those who are listening, I want to tell you, we got three people on the screen, on the, talking on the mm-hmm. podcast, who weren't raised in the perfect home you know what i'm saying right and so uh and god has you know let us go through some mess but he has got us through the valley and and now we're on the other side of it and so i wanted to say to everybody who's listening who you're not raising by perfect parents you're not you're not married to the perfect spouse right now maybe but you you know there's hope so you know god's got a plan so don't give up so yeah i'm trying not to do all the talking but i just can't help it so uh yeah you (laughs) all right so let's get back to you guys for a second all right so we have uh in the now video it talked about the uh, set free church and uh, that you planted. So talk to us about how God gave you that vision, uh, how it got started and just kind of introduce us to that, to that journey and what you guys are doing. Okay. So, um, I, uh, I went through, uh, when I got out of jail, I felt the call to ministry and, um, I started calling around some seminary schools and then when I find out, found out how much the uh, classes were, I was like, I told one guy on the phone, I said, hey, do, uh, do you accept, can I pay with food stamps? <laughs> and, and the guy was like, what? And, uh, and, and um, I got, by me sharing my faith everywhere I go, I met a, a lady, I was cleaning her pool. I told her something about Jesus. She connected me with this other guy and um, who does prison ministry. Um, and um, prison fellowship, and then he connected me with an organization called Tumi, the Urban Ministry Institute, that they teach guys in prison, which is min- uh, seminary training. Um, it's just like your doctors of divinity minus the uh, Greek and Hebrew. So um, I said, "Well, what's up?" You know, and I started growing, and um, I knew God had a call for me. I didn't know where, and um, I was at a church, and I I felt uh, wanted to do a men's home, and. It, I, it was not just where I had to be. So God um, moved me. And then I got in with a Southern Baptist church. Um, I shared my heart with the pastor and I told him, hey, I'm all yours. Wherever you need me, I'm there. Wherever you want to use me, I, I'm all yours. And um, he uh, started, last, I was a last minute guy. Hey, I need you to do a Bible study in an hour. And I, oh, boom, jumping always. I need you to preach. And I, I was like, you know, hungry for it. And um, I shared my heart with the men's home and he's like, Hey, we'll go down to our uh, local convention and, and go talk to this guy. And I talked to one guy and then that guy connected me to another guy named Ross Shepard. 
And then Ross goes, hey, you need to meet Kirk Overstreet, uh, who's a set free. So I shared my vision with Kirk on the phone. And he's like, dude, you need to come down to um, to uh, uh, Ukaipa, which is out by L.A. And um, so I was like, all right. You know, and I had a little trip. Took my whole family. We went down to check out set free. And it was it was me. It was nothing. I, I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, the because I would go minister to homeless. And when you go minister to a homeless person or someone that's stuck in addiction and they want to change and they say, all right, I want to change. What am I? I'm not going to just have them sit, repeat a prayer and they just stay sober now and come to church on Sunday. You got to be able to take them in. And that's what Seth Free was doing. So um, after we checked that out, nine months later, I was already going to uh, some church planning classes and meetings. And um Nine months after going to check that out, we launched our first church. Um, we started off with a team about 14 with a launch team. And then we ended up with about a team of four. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were renting another Southern Baptist church. And, um, you know, it, it's just for about a year and a half. And then COVID, um, we were probably up to about 60 people. And um, we were running a five o'clock in the evening church. Coming were people that would not go to your typical church. Yeah. They were not other, you know, believers. Yeah, we go out there. Yeah, we go pick up homeless and bring them to church. And um, and um, you know, COVID hit, and then uh, it put a big stop in everything. But we kept feeding people. Our food ministry, we kept feeding and serving, and our food ministry picked up. So where we even turned our front driveway into this food distribution, we had tarps and lines and we'd spray people off with, you know, cause this was like early in COVID and, um, and, and people just kept seeing that no matter what, we just kept serving and serving and serving. And, um, and in the midst of COVID, I'm sending guys out to get sober at to different set free ranches to detox. And um, I had guys coming back. So we stepped out of faith and we got uh, this beautiful house in Sanger. That's where that NAM video, you see the house. Um, we got that as our men's home. Yeah. And then um, in July and then some more stuff kind of happened. And um, December, uh, there was a building that uh, somebody offered to buy us a building, which we're going to buy it off of him. And so um, in December, we moved into a new church building. And uh, man, it's just, it's just like boom, just grown amidst all of this. Yeah, and then um, you know, we have not stopped meeting. Um, last Sunday was our first time where we split up to two services, so we have our 10 a.m. and a 5 p.m. And um, so with both services, last Sunday we had about um, 66 people there, 66 67 people, and um, yeah, it was cool, man. You know, and we're on the main street. Um, Almost walking through the alley. Walking the, alley. Now, the Lord just strategically placed us exactly where um, we could, so our ministry could could do everything that it needs to do most efficiently and effectively yeah. that it possibly could be done. How many people have we um, just from walking by the guys? Just from walking by, we've already got um, three people off the street and got them sober. I got another guy coming back from the ranch tomorrow. He did two months. He used to talk to himself and. Um, yeah. About a month ago, he told the pastor down in uh, we have a ranch in Feeland. He says, "Hey, the the voices I hear, he goes, now they're good voices. They tell me good things now." 
You know, because hey, anyway, at least they're not telling you to do bad things anymore. We like good voices. <laughs> if, you're hearing, if, you're hearing, if you're hearing voices, we like good voices. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so that, that's been us, man. It's just been a pedal to the metal, you know. It's uh, the other part yeah. that I think has been more beautiful is it's the coming together of many, many people supporting. Um, you know, we could not do what we're doing right now without the support of the organizations that were partnered with NAM, uh, the Southern Baptist. I mean, it, yeah. it, there's just, it, it, I can tell you, we are, we don't feel like we're on this island all alone. No. We've had an outpouring of support through, um, they did the uh, Christmas in August. We, it was amazing. We got packages from all over the country of all these yeah. churches and, and these kids writing these really awesome, um, you know, we're praying for you. I mean, it just felt like, we are not alone out here. And it's yeah. beautiful. We just got an envelope of a, of a bunch of cards from little kids, probably about eight years old. You could tell by the writing and just saying that they're praying for us. Thank you for reaching the homeless. And it, you know, almost brought tears to my eyes, man. Like, uh, it's like, dang. You got kids all over praying for us and churches. And it's awesome, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, I tell you what, it's nice to be a part of a network of believers, you know, with churches everywhere and, um especially when you know they're they're thinking about you praying for you supporting you in some way okay so let, all right now you've mentioned the ranch you mentioned this men's house but now on the vid in the video and on the on the NAM website it talks about a discipleship house is, yeah. is that what you're talking about yes so right now currently um we got um we're trying to get our own local ranch a ranch is where you'll send somebody to detox uh, it's a first phase that they'll right there. They detox and they start their discipleship. Um, depending on how rough they are or how much you know they're going through, they'll spend about a month to two months at a ranch. Then they'll come to a second phase home. Um, ours is a thirteen month program, a thirteen month discipleship program. Um, currently, right now, I got um, nineteen guys, but come Wednesday, I'll have twenty guys um, that are um, an intense discipleship. Yeah. training where they learn um you know they come to faith in christ they learn how to give bible studies they learn how to disciple somebody else um training them up they learn the what theology is um you know growing closer and, and so it's just um and then they're serving they're feeding they do work blessings and it is just um like right now 12 of my guys are in phoenix arizona working concessions at the spring training for baseball and so um, it's just, you know, two of the, um, two of our 19 guys have gotten, they've been, so for the first six months, you live, you breathe, you bleed, set free. Whatever we're doing, you're doing, whether it's food ministry, serving, Bible studies, whether it's um, on your free time or not. Okay. And then, so for the first six months, that's all what you do. And then after six months, you're eligible to get a job. And then, um, but when you're off of work, you still got a program with us. So we currently have two guys that have gotten to that phase and have a job now that are holding down. Yeah, that are holding down regular jobs. And uh, they're getting, you know, one of them was an ex-heroin addict. And the other one was, a, you know, just a tweaker. Um, we, our town trips out on us because 19, like, dudes all tattooed up. Some rough, some not. Some never been in jail. Some have. 
we're just going everywhere, cleaning up people's front yards, cleaning our downtown. Um, the cops know us. The chief of police has been into the men's home, and he he loves it, you know. And uh, we're taking care of a problem that they didn't know what to do with. And so, we're creating disciples and soldiers for Christ. So how did okay? So how long has that been going on? The discipleship house. So ours um, since July, Jan July, July. July. twenty twenty July. Yeah, and so, but Seth Free's been doing it since '82. Okay, so you just basically replicated another discipleship house. So you didn't even reinvent the wheel for this. You said, "Okay, we're going to start another one, and and you'll be in charge of it." That's what I'm. Is am I yeah. it right? Yeah, yeah, and I so, like um, it. We we all collaborate with each other. Um, I have one of our guys is down in Oceanside because I didn't want him to come back because he was real jacked up. He was bad. He used to talk to himself. And now he's been, he's doing 13 months in Oceanside, San okay. Diego. And then he'll come back to, um, to Fresno, California once he's done with the 13 months. And then he'll continue his discipleship down here. Wow. And so we're looking to, uh, um, God willing, by next year, we'll be launching our first church plant. Trying to hit a church plant before our, we hit three years. Man, that's cool. Um, the church that we, uh, Genesis Church is a church plant here in Mexico. And we're about five years old. And um, we had the same philosophy about the church planting. It'll be a church plant that plants churches, you know, or helps church, you know, or that supports people who are planting churches. And um, uh, it sort of breeds life into a church. It keeps you thinking you know, outside the box, you stay outside the, you know, you don't get to a rut as much, you know? Um, hey, all right. So, um, all right. Now let's say we got some folks listening and they're going, man, I want to fly out to California. I want to help, you know, I'm going to, or I'm going to be in the area for about a week and, um, uh, and I want to visit and do some work with you guys. So what kind of stuff, if, if, if a team of people, two, three, four, five, six people showed up, and they wanted to do a little mission trip with you guys, what would they do? So um, if it was uh, men, okay, um, I could put them up at the men's home. Uh, but if it was a uh, family, I even have a spot. My uh, buddy um, owns these catfish ponds, and he has an Airbnb out there. I'll be able to put them up at the Airbnb. Beautiful out there. Um, and what's crazy is now we're friends, but before when I was in the world, they shot at me out there because I used to go out there and steal all their fish. I was fishing the Alito <laughs> Pond. Yeah, I used to catch big old fish. <laughs> they shot at me when I was trying to run away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, they have a beautiful Airbnb, so we could put, you, put them out there. Um, and, and you'd either see just how, how we do our ministry, how we, uh, uh, you know, we, we pick up food, food ministry. Friday for sure, always. Um, we distribute food out through the front. Um, there's all kinds of stuff that we've got going on. We have the Resurrection Weekend, three-day event. We have a big event for Easter we're going to be doing. Where we're going to hit the, uh, so I don't know about how you guys are over there, but our freeways are just loaded up with homeless people and tents everywhere. It's just, it's getting crazy out here. Yeah. Um, he's going to help us to reach those people out there. Um, there are some really um, amazing things that he shared that nobody would know unless they were out there um, that, that could help to minister to them. So we so go do, um, 
ministry like that. And then what's cool about it is, um, you know, it's like always extending that hand, like, come on, you know, it's not just here. We're going to serve you and just keep you where you're at. But it's like, hey, we love you. Here's this, but here's my, like, let's change. You want to change your life. Um, And just doing that and feeding people, just going and witnessing. Um, just loving it, yeah. You know, I'm loving on them, you know, because I think a lot of times what happens is they're out there, and I don't. I mean, I've heard a lot of them say, you know, they don't even feel like they're alive anymore out there. Sometimes they don't even have contact with other individuals. They don't have wow. that, you know. So it's it's been a beautiful thing yeah. to be able to minister to them, just because there's so many ways to minister to someone. It's not just with our words, right. you know. You know, our, our church. Um, is not the normal church. We don't look like it, but one thing that is solid is the, I'm not gonna say all the preaching, but you know, we're, we're biblically sound like to the T. Um, and, and just we uh, the gospels, all every single message, you know, it's like, so uh, Spurgeon said, he goes, he'll get on his message and then he makes a beeline for the cross. You know, the gospel is always preached the first and foremost. And, um, we got a little, we have a barber shop in our church. We even have a tattoo shop in the church. So I got, I got some knuckles done. It says Grace Alone. <laughs> done yesterday. Um, but we have a, a, a neighborhood alcoholic who comes in every day. And every day we keep joking around with them, you know, trying to get them in, trying to get them in. And um, you know what? He just told me the other day because I saw him and I said, you look good today. How's it going? And he said, oh, it's going okay. And he said, I was sober one and a half days. He tried, so he's trying. He wasn't before. And so he said, I was sober one and a half days. And I said, well, that's good. How'd you feel? You know, just encouraging him. Yeah, but they, they know that, they, they know what we're about, that we want to, want them to come in and we want them to change their lives. Um, if, if somebody, if one of your guys has somebody that's on drugs, they don't know what to do with them. Hey, we'd be willing to do a, a zoom call or talk to him and if they want to come somewhere else away from their area to get sober bring them down on over to california you know we'll house them at our spot we'll detox them and we'll uh, disciple them interestingly enough um when we after we went to ukraine to look at set free um literally the next day i registered for classes like i didn't even know that i was going to start school and so the next day so sunday we get home monday i started classes at a college here um for aod alcohol and drug counseling so that's kind of what i was doing um we planted the church in april my last semester um finished in may and so I decided to take a little bit of time to focus on the church and then get back to school if that's what the Lord wants. But it's just amazing to see all that stuff that I was learning. It's like, it's coming into play, Lord. It's just so yeah. good how you do things. You know, he does them perfectly in his time. He does. Yeah. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> well, guys, I, as I've been listening to y'all and um, reading some information about y'all, uh, I will say that you guys are perfectly designed to do what you're doing, where you're doing it, and in the way you're doing it. Um, It is obviously God's hand is upon you guys. And, you know, the type of ministry you're doing, it's it's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of people who just would not want to do it at all, you know. And uh, it's a joy. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, there are some people called to children. There are some people called to special needs individuals you know, mm-hmm. and there's some people called the senior adults, 
there's some people who are called to work with folks with addictions uh, mm-hmm. or a criminal past, you know, or our, here at Genesis, our lead deacon, you know, uh, you know, is an ex-con. He served some time in jail. And, and while he was in jail, that's when God got a hold of him. And there so he comes, go. yeah, and yeah. And so when uh, um, I came to Mexico when he was in jail and uh, everybody was talking about, well, he's about to get out. And so when he came out, everybody who knew him before jail uh, said, he's not the same guy, you know, <laughs> and they would describe how he was. And I'm thinking, now I've already been hanging out with him a little bit. And I'm thinking, dude, I, he, what you're saying about him before jail and after jail is, I can't even see him being that way. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Uh, anyway, Michael and, and God, you know, got a hold of him and, uh, and then, has, he has grown tremendously and uh, uh, super, again, obviously we have seen such an growth and maturity in him that, and he's a, he's a born leader. And I mean, he was a, a leader before Christ, but now he's mm-hmm. a leader in Christ. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, and we said, you know what, we're starting this church, man. We need a, you know, your deacon quality, you know, 100%, but we need somebody with some leadership to help get it started right and do it right. And so, he prayed about it and said, I'm on board, you know, and I said, All right, God, yeah. let's do there it. So, yeah. Um, hey guys, I want to say thank you so much for joining me on this podcast today. It has been fun listening to your story. I love to hear what God's doing in other people's lives and their ministries. And, you know, and, you know, one of the things I love about this podcast, which we call conversations mm-hmm. and our podcast is really all about just doing what you just experienced and we interview various people you know that are doing various things over the year and sometimes chris and i and maybe one other will sit down and we'll just talk about a theological subject or a current issue you know it's just a conversation and yeah. uh, but through it all these uh these interviews and everything I, it is it really helps me and blesses me and the people to hear what god is doing in other places because sometimes you know we just get so focused on our lives and our little island that we're on that we forget, mm-hmm. you know, God is doing some incredible things everywhere, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, even if we don't see them in our personal life, you know, during that season, it's like, Oh man, yeah, God is doing some cool stuff. So, uh, yeah. I've enjoyed yeah. talking to you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> um, Hey, and if, uh, anybody listening to the podcast uh, has any questions, um, and for us or uh, for the uh, Zalians, you know, just give, just contact us. We'll get you in contact with them because, you know, uh, Jacob, you did mention about maybe somebody coming out if they want to be a part of the discipleship house, you know. They, yeah, we'll they, take anybody in. Right. So if anybody listening and uh, to this podcast feels co- like you connected with the Zalians and what they're saying and you want to reach out to them and, see if maybe they can help you. We will gladly get you connected. So uh, anyway, guys, yeah, thank you. Yeah. To get hey. out my number if you need be, you know. Okay. Yeah. I tell you what, shoot me an email with all your contact information and I'll put it on file. And cause we always have guys who just need help. And because uh, yeah. when we started Genesis church, our, our target audience were those who didn't connect with the existing churches. Not there saying that the, yeah, not the, not saying that the existing churches is something wrong with them. It was just that, yeah, we just, yeah, we just want to do something a little different and uh, and have a little different target audience. But uh, hey, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And um, 
and hopefully God blesses you and you get to lead a lot of people to Christ and help people get off of those addictions, man. Cause that's some bad. Yeah, praise God.